A word of warning. What follows includes harrowing testimony and graphic descriptions of human rights violations. The Truth Commission was a bitter pill to swallow for the family of black consciousness leader Steve Bantubiku. But it was even harder for them to accept when five former security policemen applied for amnesty in 1997 for causing Biko's death 20 years earlier. It seemed as if Biko's killers would finally tell the truth about how he suffered brain damage and died in detention. But when they appeared before the amnesty committee in September and December 1997, they again denied killing Biko. Harold Sneyman, Dainke Sibbert, Ruben Marx, Johan Bienneke and Gideon Nivot maintained that Biko's death was an accident for which he had been partly responsible. Darren Taylor and Zolan Tutu report. We don't believe, for instance, in the so-called guarantees for minority rights. Steve Bigo. Because guaranteeing minority rights implies the recognition of portions of the community on a race basis. We believe that in our country there shall be no minority, there shall be no majority, there shall just be people. And those people will have uh, the same status before the law, and they will have the same political rights uh, before the law. So in a sense, it will be a completely non-racial egalitarian society. This is Steve Biko's dream in 1977. Twenty years later, the whole country wants the truth. From the mouths of the security policemen who interrogated Biko in room 619 of the security branch headquarters in Port Elizabeth. Advocate George Bezos remembers saying, As your worship pleases, when the inquest magistrate absolved the security police in 1978 of Biko's death. When the ruling was made, there was hardly anything more than we could do other than to advise the deceased's relatives that perhaps one day the truth will come out. For the Biko family, that day arrives on the 10th of September 1997 when amnesty applicant Colonel Harold Sneyman takes the stand. Sneyman describes Biko as stubborn, defiant and aggressive. Biko refuses to answer any questions. Stand up, screams Brigadier Dainke Sibert, grabbing Biko by the collar. He was also trading punches with us. We tried to restrain him, but in the process we also punched him. I went into my room and prayed. Oh Lord, what is wrong now? What had happened to my child? Mm, they knock, 
when I come out. Where is Steve? I don't know. Let me tell you, and the whole world. Kaya Bigo. That my brother was persecuted for 13 days before he died. It's not a matter of hit and run. That like somebody being shot. Johan Bieneke. I moved forward quickly. I grabbed Mr. Biko's arm with which he was lashing out at us. I shoved him in the chest with my left shoulder. I wanted to prevent him from assaulting Captain Siebert. Your Honor, he definitely hit his head against the wall. I saw it. He could also have hit his head when he fell to the ground. I noticed that the deceased seemed to be in a state of unconsciousness because he was disorientated. He had a dazed look in his eyes. His head injuries had caused him to become incontinent. Was he taken to the toilet at any stage? He was not fully conscious and he wasn't taken. When the doctor did come, his clothes and his blankets were soaked with urine. May I suggest to you that it is evidence of utter contempt of uh, Mr. Biko as a human being and clear hatred. For two days, the police chained the unconscious Biko by his hands and feet to a steel grill. Then, they load him, naked, into the back of a Land Rover and drive him 1,200 kilometers to Pretoria Central Prison. Biko speaks like a baby, foams at the mouth, slurs, and is dead on the 12th of September 1977. And still amnesty applicant Ruben Marx maintains that he didn't mean to harm Biko. If you feel that you've done nothing wrong, is it really necessary for you to apply for amnesty? Frankly, I think it's not necessary. I killed Biko. You won't get away from me. That was your standard opening remark in relation to detainees, Mr. Siebert. Your Honor, with the greatest content, that's a lie. Wait, that's not even a lie, it's a blatant lie. He was allowed to rot in a cell, naked and ill-treated, and he came to the room and he was beaten, as a result of which he died. Those are the facts. Before they get amnesty, they've got to say who inflicted the fatal blow. They have evaded it. They covered it up then at the inquest. They are covering it up now. <laughs>